You are listening to We Are Wilkes Stuff You Should Know, brought to you by Wilkes Chamber of Commerce. Welcome back to We Are Wilkes, our podcast, and it's Stuff You Should Know. Today, we are excited to have Thomas Nicholson with us, and he's the Operations Project Manager with W. Kerr Scott Downman Reservoir. Thomas, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in central West Virginia on a small beef farm where I spent pretty much every day with my grandfather. Um, He was a retired biology teacher and and the director of the Elk Soil River Natural Resource Conservation Service uh, for his second career where he retired when he was 87. Um, So every day I was quizzed about trees and streams, plants, um, stream morphology, pasture rotation, and all things concerning farming. I'm a multi-generational alumni of Glenville State College that is now Glenville State University. Uh, My grandfather graduated there in 1939, my grandmother in 1940, and several aunts, uncles, and cousins in the following decades. And I graduated once in 2004 with a forest industry and technology degree, and again in 2006 with a natural resource management degree. Um, While I was at college, I started working for the Corps of Engineers as a summer park ranger in 2002. Um, I then spent 15 years as a park ranger, um, two years as a supervisory facility manager in Northeast Ohio, and I've been here at W. Carscott since May 13th of 2019. My wife, Chastity, is from Spencer, West Virginia, in Rome County, where she was a service coordinator helping provide needed services and opportunities for those with disabilities um, prior to becoming a stay-at-home mom and now a school teacher for our, our three boys that are homeschooled. Um, so Chastity and our three boys, Briar, Liam, and Grayson, and I are excited to be here. Uh, we realize how fortunate we are to be in Wilkes County. I realize how fortunate I am to get to manage such a jewel of a project within the Corps of Engineers. Well, we're glad you're here. So home is West Virginia? Right in the center of West Virginia. Right in the center of West Virginia. Are we similar, this area? Is it similar to West Virginia? Very, very similar um, as far as topography. Okay. Um Really, county size is fairly close. The as far as having the, the lake here, very similar as well. What has been done with the resources here mm-hmm. is is more, uh, I would call it more progressive. Uh-huh. And so, right. you know, the 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 thought and the mindset, the community buy-in here um, is just really giving us a good, great feeling right from day one. Family likes it here. We, we all love it here. We Good. like the outdoor recreation opportunities. Um, you know, and it, it's a small town, but yet all the conveniences are here that we need. Wonderful. We're glad to hear that. And we're glad that you're here and you chose to come to Debbie Kerr Scott. Let's talk a little bit about Debbie Kerr Scott. How, what's the work they do? What's the purpose? What is Debbie Kerr Scott down in Reservoir? It's an excellent question, and I'm extremely glad you asked. Um, there's many different types of dams and functions of dams. Um, just if you look in North Carolina alone, but we're going to talk specifically about W. Carr Scott. So the primary function of the dam is to help mitigate or reduce uh, flood severity when possible. So we hold runoff from storms, releasing it over a longer span of time. We're all familiar with the term of flattening the curve. We've heard that a lot over the last couple of years. And so this is in a true essence, that flattening of the curve. Um, so upstream of the dam, which is toward Ferguson, Happy Valley, Patterson, Perlier, Boomer, and all the way to the parkway, mm-hmm. just to name a few of the areas, they all drain into the lake. 
Um, so when it rains or snow melt, water makes it to our lakes. We monitor those rain amounts or stream flows that are coming in. So the inflows where we, we title that as the inflows is how much water we expect to come to the lake. And that is uh, affected whether it's winter or summer because if the plants are growing, they use more of the water. And so it's, it's a noticeable difference. Um, we monitor downstream. So Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro, Roaring River, Rhonda, Elkin, and even further downstream. Um, because we have no control over the streams that flow into the river below the dam. So starting at Fish Dam Creek and, and farther downstream, we can't control those streams. So we can only control what runs into the lake. So we can store flood water from the 1,030 foot elevation, which is where the normal pool level of the lake all the way up and at, at 1,075 feet, it would start coming through our spillway, which is that low area if you go over to Fish Dam Creek Park. And there's a large concrete curb that crosses that low area. And, and that's the, the breaking point of the elevation. So that's 1,075 feet. So then in late May, early June in 2019, right, as soon as I arrived, we had our pool of record, which is the highest the lake's ever been. And it made it all the way up to 1,063.3 feet. So a little over 33 feet in vertical rise. And that happened very rapidly. Um, it caused significant damage to recreational facilities around the lake, as well as many of our shoreline and dock owners suffered catastrophic damages to their property. And the damage was unfortunate, but that meant the dam functioned exactly it as it's designed. Yes. So we held the water and let it out over the next few weeks. So the pool came up within less than 24 hours and it took us several weeks to get rid of that water. So we really flattened the curve. So it prevented large floods downstream below the dam. And, but then in 2020, as everybody around would remember, we saw significant flooding here in, in Wilkesboro and North Wilkesboro and farther downstream. We were holding all of the water that we could hold and we still could not prevent those floods. And that's, so we, we were able to lessen the severity, but we could not prevent. So we do not use the term flood control any longer. That was the term for many years, mm -hmm. but obviously we can't control floods. Um, so then the next problem to our mission is water supply. So Wilkes County and the city of Winston-Salem have legal rights to part of the stored water in the event of severe drought. Um, or if uh, part of their drinking water systems were contaminated and they had to use a separate intake. Um, so from 1,000 feet to 1,030 feet, there's a 30-foot water column, and that has been paid for over many, many years by both the county and the city of Winston-Salem so that they could use that in the event of a need. Um, and so we work in close coordination with both groups as far as uh, during dry times and, and how we can try to preserve our pool um, which it gives them kind of money in the bank is how they think of it security. and it's security mm -hmm. and because water is a very valuable resource and, and we have to protect it. And the third part of our mission is recreation. And I use that term kind of broadly because this couples resource protection, environmental stewardship, economic impact, education, wildlife management, cultural resource protection, and public outreach initiatives. All of these are part of our mission and function and natural resource protection is kind of the general term I like to use mm -hmm. is the balance of all of those missions all at one time, mm -hmm. which can be 
um, tricky at times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How many staff do you have out there? Is it you? Well, when we're at full staff, right. um, which we are not, like many, we have uh, suffered work shortages and, and issues with bringing folks on board. Um, when we're at full staff, we will have six permanent full-time year-round rangers. Okay. We'll have three permanent seasonals, and so they work during the recreation season. We have myself, mm -hmm. my assistant manager, and then we have an office assistant, and we have a, a civil engineering technician that oversees the maintenance of the okay. dam and, and all of the functions. So it's not a lot of people to do all the work that you do, so I'm sure it's challenging. And we have a contract with okay. a, a group that provides our maintenance, mowing, and cleaning services, um, and their employment numbers are actually they employ more people at peak season than we do okay. in order to do all of the upkeep mm -hmm. um, around the project. And what is peak season? Usually here, peak season starts in May and really runs through October. Generally, around the country, the Corps of Engineers uses from Memorial Day to Labor Day in reference to peak season. But we kind of operate a little bit outside of that um, because our campgrounds are very high demand. Mm -hmm. Our bike trails are very popular. Uh, and the lake itself is uh, you know, a great fishing lake. It's close to a lot of people, um, but it's not so crowded. And so we, we draw a different niche of, of folks out. It's very desirable because yes. it's not so crowded. A yes. lot of people come in. I have a copy of the um, reports called Value to the Nation Fast Facts that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers provides. And um, it's from 2019. It's the Institute of Water Resources from 2019. I don't think that the folks in Wilkes County have any idea, or actually even the whole region, has any idea of the social, the economic, and the environmental benefits that our lake provides. Can you kind of talk with us about the fast facts for just a few minutes? Let's talk a little bit about the water supply that you mentioned earlier. What is that economic benefit of that water supply? Well, in the, the 2020 numbers, um, we haven't gotten the new numbers out yet for 21. Uh, those should be coming soon. Um, it, it was calculated at $185.4 million. Uh, the average cost of water in the United States is around $3,300 per million gallons. Oh. And so that puts that into great context when I talk, start talking about that 1,000 feet to 1,030 feet as mm -hmm. being money in the bank. That's amazing. So you're saying 185.4 million is the actual estimated value of the water itself. And that's the so water, supply, water supply, not prevented damages. Okay, uh, from that's flooding. just the water supply. Yes. That's huge. It's huge. Let's talk a little bit about the social um, facilities. Let's talk. Tell me about your facilities. What do you have that's located there on site? Well, we have you know 17 separate recreation areas around the lake, 44 picnic sites, 232 camping sites, some of which are not open yet in Warrior Creek, but yeah. we'll cover more of that later. Okay. Eight playgrounds, actually seven right now. We had to remove the one at Berry Mountain okay. um, as far part of the the reclamation after the damage. Five swimming areas, 43 trail miles, and that that number is is pretty accurate. 
six fishing docks and piers, seven boat ramps, and 58 marina sloops. And actually, I think that number may have increased oh, by, by about 10, if I'm correct. And you've got all these amenities, all these things. How about visitors? How many visitors do you normally have in a year? Well, and these are 2019 numbers. Okay. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But in 2019, we had 553,462 visits. Over half a million. Wow. Over half a million visits. Um, over 90,000 picnickers, over 60, almost 63,000 campers and overnight visitors. 82,000 swimmers, 98,000 walker, hiker, joggers, 120,000 boaters, 127,000 sightseers, almost 66,000 fishermen, 30,000 special event attendees, and, and 25,000 that would list it as other. Yeah which is would, would the other would probably include part of our mountain bikers and hunters, um, you know, folks that kind of, you know, visit from the backside of the project. It's going to be very interesting to see the 2021 data once it's released. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were only open for a portion of the season in 2020. So those numbers will be skewed. Mm -hmm. However, Warrior Creek was closed for the 2021 season due to the large sinkhole. Um, so we are very interested to see how these numbers mm -hmm come out. Uh, nationally, outdoor recreation has been growing over the past decade, but took a huge leap in 2020 and again in 2021 due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So if the trend stays strong and we get our areas all back open, the visitation numbers will most likely respond accordingly. Mm -hmm. How do you track this? How do you track your numbers? We have a, it's called VERS. It's a visitation estimating and reporting system. Um, so we use a combination of traffic counters, which some of those traffic counters are magnetic loop. Most mm -hmm. of them count cars. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the older systems missed everybody that was on a motorcycle mm -hmm. um, or on, in a vehicle that was made of less metal. And so we've, over the years, we've started going to a calculated, calculated measurement system. Okay. Now, when it comes to our campers, obviously we track those because they're, they're all reservations yeah. and they have to check into an entrance station. And so, we actually don't track those through traffic counts mm -hmm. because, you know, if somebody comes camping for a week, they're going to make several trips in mm -hmm. and out. We don't mm -hmm. want our numbers to be unfairly skewed high, but we also want to make sure we capture everybody that comes. Let's do a little update right now on Warrior Creek because, you know, we're getting into that peak season and you've got some of the best campgrounds in the whole state. And there's people who come here and they'll stay for a week or two weeks or even longer because it's such wonderful campgrounds. What is the status of Warrior Creek? Warrior Creek has been a, a real challenge for us. You know, the sinkhole appeared weeks, mere weeks prior to opening. We were extremely lucky in that when it did appear, the contractor whose truck uh, nearly fell in mm. was not injured. The truck wasn't damaged. Um, so we're very lucky that it happened when it did because we were able to keep the public safe. Right. Um, so since then, there's been a myriad of studies to figure out why the sinkhole occurred mm -hmm. and then our studies on how to fix it. And because it's along a very pristine waterway, such as the lake, there are a lot of environmental concerns on everything from the repair work to the after effects. And then we have to account for pool rises and, mm -hmm. and, and how that's going to affect the, the bank stabilization and the construction method. Um, but, you know, we're, we're happy to say that we have all of the funding 
to make yeah. the repairs. Yeah. The planning process and scope of work is mostly completed with a few things to, to finalize right now. The current schedule and our hopeful start date will be in, hopefully the contract will be awarded in August with a start date there around that time, maybe in September. Now, we don't know how long the repair will take. Uh, anytime that we're going to have lake rises, that's going to impact the work. But also there's a lot of work being done around North Carolina and all around the United States. And so whoever the construction firm is that wins the bid has to, we have to wait till they're available. And then there's, you know, all of the infrastructure as far as any materials they need has to become available. And there's a lot of, a lot of concerns of those. Now we're pretty lucky because, you know, mostly the repair will be used what's on site oh, with good. some paving mm -hmm. um, and some repairs because there are infrastructure, sewer lines, water lines, electric lines that have to be accounted for. Did you discover what caused it? Was it? Most likely, and, and we won't know until they get down there, but it looks like it was a failure of a, an old original culvert okay. that was probably an old steel culvert that, that had failed or been failing for years and just never showed itself. And so nationwide, there is a push to um, increase or improve our inspections of these older culvert systems under our roadways, which have been in place for years. Um, and it's very deep under the roadway there. The road's been built up mm -hmm. over time to keep it out from flooding from the lake, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And so it, that is, you know, kind of a multi-pronged problem. Mm -hmm. Well, we're glad it's going to be repaired because I'm sure there's people who really want to come back to Warrior Creek. Let's talk about the visitation per year results. <clears throat> um, what's the economic impact? So, and again, these numbers come from, from 2019. Um, these The visitations resulted in over $24.7 million being spent within 30 miles of the lake. That's amazing. 216 jobs. Yeah. Um, and those are not defined whether they're seasonal or permanent jobs, but that resulted in just under $5 million of labor income, almost six and a half million dollars in value added. Um, so that would be value added to property values um, and, and, and values to businesses. And then the national economic development benefits was for almost $4.9 million. Those are some amazing numbers. You know, there's a huge push right now, <clears throat> excuse me, for the outdoor economy. And all this relates back to that outdoor economy. So there's some statistics that really support that and it make us realize how important that industry is. Okay, let's talk about environmentally. Tell us more about that. Tell us more about the lands, the acres, all of that that's involved. As, as far as um, Corps of Engineers projects that I've had experience with in my, you know, over two decade career now, mm -hmm. we're actually small. Mm -hmm. You know, we have uh, 2,284 land acres, 1,470 acres of water when we're at normal pool, 56 miles of shoreline. Um, many projects that I've worked at in the past were you know, several times larger than mm -hmm. land acres at least, but look at all that we do with this small amount that we have and and all of the different ways that we've we've used that to balance that mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. natural resource management right. cultural uh, recreational impact 
Right. It's amazing what you have done to utilize it. Okay, you're doing a lot of work. There's a lot of activity. You want to share with us what some of the core is doing at the lake right now? I would be glad to. You know, we, we referenced that 2019 pool of record earlier. Mm -hmm. um, the most extensive damage we had was Berry Mountain, which was our you know, kind of primo beach area around the lake. And it suffered extensive damage. Um, roadways were compromised. The beach, restroom, and playground were all pretty much destroyed. Um, so through a partnership with Federal Highways Commission, um, we received funding, which was over half a million dollars from them another 250,000 of emergency funds from our agency for the initial repair of the roadways and parking area. So then we applied for and received emergency funds to repair the restroom facility as well. And our civil engineering technician and our O&M contractors at the lake used creativity and a lot of hard work under a very tight budget to complete the repairs to the slope and the beach area um, over the past few months. So we're extremely happy to announce the planned reopening of Berry Mountain, a much improved Berry Mountain, mm -hmm. this Memorial Day weekend. Oh, good. So the work that has gone into this has been absolutely amazing. And I think the folks will be very appreciative and mm -hmm. extremely impressed with what we've came out with. We are going to be minus a playground to start with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had to remove it. We did not have funds to replace. But overall, it's going to be a huge improvement. Great asset for our county. And so then, you know, we've we've made some changes to the no wake zones or they are making changes to the no wake zones. And so we've worked with NC Wildlife and the Wilkes County Commission to expand two of our no wake zones. It'll be the co the cove immediately behind the visitor assistance center mm -hmm. and at, around the launch area there and the cove between Smithy's Creek and Fort Hamby launch ramps. Both of those, the entire coves will now become no wake zones. And the reason behind this is to make the launch areas more sheltered from the wakes created by power boats, as well as expanding a safe area for paddle sports, such as kayaking, canoeing, and paddle boarding. Paddle sports have become much more popular and they continue to grow every year. And we needed to provide this expansion in order, in order to adjust our management strategy of these. Yeah, we see more and more of the paddle boats on there. And I think it's exciting. It it's is. another sport, good sport. Good. How about the um, shoreline, the dock owners? It was a great time to, to be able to share this. You know, over the past two years, we've seen a lot of turnover of homeowners around the lake. You right. know, many of these 30 and 40 year lake residents have sold their homes. Mm -hmm. With the market that we're seeing right now, the, we tend to see new homeowners that may not have fully considered the functionality of our lake. You know, we are a small lake and, and you know, we want to make sure folks really look into that and, and know all of the different avenues. And so during our shoreline use permit application process, our shoreline ranger meets with each new landowner that applies for a dock permit. During the meeting, the ranger takes the time to explain the primary purpose and overall function of the lake. Going back to that, you know, flood, you know, kind of trying to help mitigate flood damages. The ranger goes over the responsibility they have as being neighbors to the U.S. government property. And we try to be proactive to any potential violations by highlighting some of the key points in the shoreline management plan during the, those on-site meetings. Now, they do this with every new owner of that property. Yes. So it's not expected for the previous owner to share that, but this gentleman goes in and shares that information with them so they're aware of what they have to do and need to do. Right. And if they become a new shoreline owner and are after a dock permit or 
of renewal, you know, we encourage them to always ask questions. It's much easier to ask questions and get information first mm -hmm. than it is to have to correct a deficiency or a violation that they unknowingly stepped into mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. afterwards. And, and, you know, we will come out and do site visits. Our shoreline ranger has been at the lake for many years and she will um, share her vast wealth of knowledge and, and help them manage themselves and help us manage our shoreline program. That's a wonderful service for homeowners. It really is. And it's a, it's a security too, that they're in the right and doing the right thing as a landowner there. And you're, they're making sure that the lake is secure. So that's good. I'm glad that you do that. What do you got planned? What else is up? I mean, it sounds like you're already busy, but I think you got more busyness coming about, don't you? Well, um, you know, to, to continue for a moment with the shoreline, okay. um, you know, we, we share this concern and many of the community have also brought to us is the you know, rapid degrading of property around the lake. So shoreline erosion, um, the overall topography of the lake has changed substantially. We know there are some dock owners that report that, that you know, the sedimentation is, is heavy in different parts of the lake. So we are working towards a sedimentation survey. Um, so the sedimentation does not only affect adjacent property owners, but it also affects the boaters and aquatic life. Um, so we've seen an increase in algae in the river and coves mm -hmm. over the past few years. It's by and large due to runoff from, you know, a lot of times from farming and, and neighboring property owners. Um, so during those shoreline meetings, many people expressed to us that they want a lake view because wouldn't we all? We all want that. Um, but by achieving a lake view, you know, that obviously would take to clear trees and clear underbrush. Um, we explain that all forms of woody growth, so the low-lying vegetation and ground cover, all play an important role in the health of the lake. Ground cover, tree roots, small growth vegetation all slow the flow of water. Some areas around the docks that have the worst erosion are where that has been cleared away. You know, it's called a riparian area or riparian zone. And that is, it, it's a protection for the water resource, which we've already covered the value of this water resource. Mm -hmm. um, so what, some of the upcoming other work that we have planned uh, next week, the week of April 11th through 15th, the top of the dam is going to be closed for maintenance work. So we'll be working to set a new hoist and, and another um, service bulkhead onto the dam. And so we'll just close it to provide a safe environment for our workers. Um, so we'll be closing those gates on Sunday night and we'll keep them closed through the completion of the work uh, should finish up by Friday. Um, we're working towards courtesy dock improvements. We've replaced one at Boomer and we're working to upgrade several of the others. Lighting improvements around the lake, that's always in need of improvement. We have some uh, very concerned uh, fishing groups that have reached out to us and have asked to partner up with us. And so we're working with those groups uh, towards that. We've covered Warrior Creek, so that is a huge amount of work coming up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we are always looking for ways to improve any of our recreation facilities around the lake. Um, you don't have enough to do, do you? <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love staying busy. Um, but, yes, it is a very busy time right now. Well, that's awesome, though. That really is. What are some of the partnerships that you have? you have volunteer programs? Volunteers and partners play a vital row, role okay. across the entire Army Corps of Engineers. Um, here at W. Carr Scott, we 
are extremely lucky to to be blessed with a a very healthy program. Um, you know, they they help us with management and administration, uh, park service or park rangers, service contractors, uh, all of those that partner with us. So at the lake, um, volunteers perform day use operations at Berry Mountain and Boomer Parks. They serve as guides at the Visitor Center, Environmental Education Center. They present interpretive programs in the campgrounds or at schools or in the, in the events here in town. So volunteer groups such as North Carolina Mountain Bike Alliance, the Wilkes okay. County Disc Golf Club, yeah. they perform maintenance and, and provide great services to us. Blue Moon Production Company supports tourism in Wilkes County, and they, they perform the historical drama Tom Dooley, a Wilkes County legend at Fort at Fort Hamby's Forced Edge Amphitheater. Brushy Mountain Cyclist Club, who has constructed and maintained challenging trails around the lake that are world famous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, partners established through a national memorandum of understanding um, include Boy Scouts of America, who perform service projects such as constructing bird and bat boxes, shoreline cleanup, trail maintenance, and exchange for free camping at the Scout Loop and Murray Creek Campground. Mm -hmm. Um, partners established through local MOUs include Carolina Traditional Archers, who perform maintenance at the archery course located at Fort Hamby Wildlife Management Area. Um, furthermore, the volunteer program is also used to sponsor high school students and college students for ride-along programs, high school senior projects, and internship requirements. And so this, this past year, we finished constructing our trail system with the addition of the Headwaters Trail and the Flow Trail at Warrior Creek. All of these were designed in such a way that shorter loops could be taken and they could be ridden in a flow style. We're reinvigorating our prescribed burn program at the lake in partnership with the North Carolina Forest Service, and it will improve the wildlife habitat around the reservoir and reduce the risk of future wildfires. The total volunteer value for 2021 has been calculated at $237,245.89. Let's repeat that one more time. What was the value? $237,245.89 for 2021. What are some of the educational programs? I know I love the Educational Environmental Center. It's just an amazing place. Tell us a little bit more about some of the education opportunities that you guys provide. Well, um, for this year, the programs that are on the calendar uh, include, include school programs at Roaring River Elementary School for pre-K pre and K kindergarten. Uh, a school field trip with Flooring River Elementary, kindergarten and first graders, Leave No Trace and Trash Pickup Program with American Heritage Girls, several YMCA programs throughout the summer at their three location, the YMCA branch, C.C. Wright Elementary, North Wilkesboro Elementary. Uh, common or repeated programs are the Junior Ranger Program, Every Kid Outdoors Program, Water Safety Programs, Kayak Safety and Self-Rescue, and that's a partnership with Wilkes Rescue Squad and Champion Fire Department. Okay. National Public Lands Day, along with established and growing environmental education curriculum. Uh, we are working our way back to using the Environmental Education Center for teacher workshops and curriculum building exercises. Our interpretive ranger is going to be getting starting and getting certified in the North Carolina environmental education curriculum so that it would be usable within the schools. Mm -hmm. When is that center open? The Right now, how we're going to be running um, will be the, the visitor assistance center or the upstairs will be open Monday through Friday, 830 to 330. 
The Environmental Education Center is going to be open on weekends from 8.30 to 3.30. Um, we plan to hold these hours through at least the peak summer. Um, now, if folks are wanting to come in and do visits that are outside of those hours, they can contact our office and we'll be able to work with them. Okay, so any group that's interested, they might could do that through schools, yes. youth groups, whatever. And we still um, are operating on some of the COVID protocols that were passed okay. down to us on capacity limits, but we have found very unique and creative ways to to still work with larger mm -hmm. groups and be able to do it in, in kind of sections. So we'll plan an activity outside okay. for a part of the class and bring part of the class through. Well, you had just mentioned the fact that this lake and the Debbie Kerr Scott is different. How is it different than where you've been before? I've, I've worked at a multitude of different lakes throughout West Virginia and Ohio, and I've even assisted at some of the lakes in Kentucky and Virginia. Um, the community buy-in, is how I term it. And I, and I noticed this from almost from the first week I was here during, probably during the pooled record mm -hmm. that folks by and large did appreciate us here. They may not have always understood all of our different missions and requirements, but the community buy-in, not just with the lake, the community buy-in with themselves, mm -hmm. the towns. I've, I've been to many of the small towns around and seeing the efforts that have been put into revitalizing these small towns. And where I come from is a myriad of small towns. Right. And mostly the revitalization there has not happened. Mm. And so I just really appreciate the pride. And and I, I always go back to the term community buy-in. Right. That speaks volumes about our people, about our leadership, you know, because people have to have a leader. They have to have people to uh, have good vision and be focused and spend money wisely. And that speaks a lot about our leadership. So I'm proud of that. Very proud of that. Thomas, thank you for coming. And I know you're busy because you just told us about everything that you're doing. So we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Just come in and do this podcast and share with others what great things are going on at W. Kerscott Lake. It's crucial make the statement that water is essential for life and a critical input into virtually all economic activity. This is definitely a very true statement. Thanks so much. I appreciate it and, and honored to have been here. Thank you for listening to We Are Wilkes Stuff You Should Know, brought to you by Wilkes Chamber of Commerce.